Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of So What Else? I'm your host, Caitlin. And I don't know if you're paying attention to episode numbers or anything like that, but you'll notice that today is episode 98. I cannot even believe that. We are almost at 100, so stay tuned because we're going to be doing some fun stuff for our 100th episode, okay? But I cannot believe we've made it this far. It's been, I think, exactly two years today. And we're just about at episode 100. This is just like wild, like such a pinch me moment. Really, really cool. But listen, today we have an amazing episode for you. It's with Tony Collier. She is so fun. You're going to love her. She has a crazy story. I mean, we just like get into it and we go through it. She went through a lot in her childhood adulthood, all the things. She talks about counseling, EMDR, her whole healing journey, just a walk through brokenness, all of the things. So much information, really, really good. And listen, we also get into a whole little chat about pumping because she has a seven-month-old and you guys know I'm like very, very pregnant. So look, if you're a guy, sorry, but it's fine. It's good information to have, okay? This is the thing, like, hello, this is just part of life, all right, everyone? So listen, Tony is the author of Brave Enough to be Broken. She is a podcast host of Still Coloring. So many things. It'll all be linked in the show notes. I know you're going to love this conversation, so stay tuned. Tony, welcome to So What Else. Thanks so much for being here. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm excited. It's going to be good. I am so excited. You're doing the whole, like, you have a kid doing school. You have a kid napping. I have a sick kid on the couch. Like, we're doing the whole juggle scene. That just means it's going to be really good because we had to fight to get here. So there's that. It's so true. Like, we're going to be like firing, just firing it off. Like, with these, like, amazing questions. Because what are we going to do? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's so true. Listen, a very, very brief and easy Instagram stalk of you reveals that you love a matching set outfit. And as do I. Oh, that's all I wear. I I wore jeans the other day and my body was in shock. Yes. What are we doing? This is not how we, this is not how we do this. But a matching set I'm in for. It's just so wild because rewind a few years ago. And if you wore matching, you know, like sweatpants and a sweatshirt, people would be like, are those your pajamas? But now (laughs) it's like, you look so put together. I'm just like- Leisure. Exactly. Like I can't go into Target and not walk out without a matching sweatsuit. And they have a lot of matching So many. It hurts me. Oh, I just, I can't get enough. I literally can't (laughs) get enough. And then it's like, if you throw a jean jacket over it. And you are out and about for the day. For the night, probably. You're fantastic. Exactly. You can literally do anything. You can be like doing preschool drop-off or you can be going to dinner. Like I've preached in a matching set. I'm going to be honest about that. I have. I love it. I love it. I I am just, I'm all in with the sets. So I love that. (laughs) And then I also saw you posting the other day about how you were traveling and (gasps) you were pumping as you were traveling. How old is your baby? Listen, I've got a seven-month-old in a couple days. And I I just, I had a conversation with him, even though he can't talk. And I was like, buddy, I think this may be the end. I think this may be the end of you and me like this, because the pumping life is horrible. It's a life. It's a life in itself. It's a part-time job. Okay. 100%. And I'm tired. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I could go on for hours. Like literally I, so I have two kids and I'm like a thousand months pregnant. Okay. So as I've been getting ready for the new baby, like no, like no stress. I'm like washing the clothes. I'm like yes. so excited. Yes. Like, yes. When I took out all the pump stuff, I was like, anxiety. I can't do it. I was like, Scott, I, I just like, I'm having heart palpitations. I can't go back here. Like this I know. is, I hate, I, know. I and then hate well, they don't help either where they got all like the healthy organic formulas. I'm like, this is an option. This uh, is a viable option. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like my husband was like, is there still a formula shortage? Cause if not, then like, just like it throw, throw your pump away. Over. Okay. I think it's over, right? It's over. It's I over just, and I'm about to meet it. Okay. Literally, because it's like, I, I was even saying something to my cousin the other day. Cause she had pumped for like the whole time, like a year, like whatever. And I was like, give me some tips, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, listen. Don't. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like she was like, you're going to have two kids at home. Like how often you think you're going to be able to do this? Cause I was like, I would love to build up a freezer stash. She was like, <laughs> yo, building up a freezer stash is like a whole thing. Like, why are you going to do it's that? And I was like, thing. you're right. I it's a whole cow machine thing. Milk leech cow machine thing. However, I mean, they make some really cool portable situations, which is they do. portable ones. So I'm kind of like doing dishes and doing my thing. However, it's still a thing. It's, it's still a thing. Totally. And then it's even just like the whole like washing of the parts and this and the freezing the milk. And then you have to put the date on it and the blah. And the blah. It's like yeah. there's so many yeah, steps. I've, I've, I've missed the mark on a few of those things a couple times. Absolutely. I'm like, there has to be an easier way. There has it's, to be a little machine that we can put these parts in. I'm confused, guys. I know. So uh, one trick that someone told me, because for my second baby, I, w- I was working still part-time. They were like, don't, they were like, pump and then put all the parts in the fridge and then just use them again. They were like, don't wash because them. Because it doesn't time. get bad. I know that's Exactly. True. So I was like, okay, that saved me some time at work. But then you got to wash them. Later. You got to wash Whatever. them at some point, guys. Okay. Ugh, it's just a whole thing. But you have I a seven month old. Are you getting sleep? Is he a sleeper? Oh, we don't play about that. The schedule. Mm-mm. Amazing. I don't listen. I'm like, kudos to everybody. Do your thing in the way that works for your household. But in this household, we all going to sleep. Yes. All of us together. We're going to get a solid eight hours. We're gonna, I mean, we're sleepers. And so from what well, first, I'm going to be honest, five weeks in, I was obsessed with him. And I was like, you and I together forever. And my husband was like, you need to come back to bed. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> It is Aww. me and my son forever and ever. Just smushing And then five him. weeks, like, I broke. I broke yeah. and I started getting real nasty with yep. my husband and everybody else except for the kid. Yeah. Um, and we put him on a little schedule. I mean, we're, we we kind of want to honor his humanity. Of course. Putting him on a schedule. Okay. Sure. Yes. Um, and it's been great. He's been sleeping from seven to seven since he was two months. The thing is, schedules are freeing. Yeah. Well, everybody else in the world is on a schedule. Why well, wouldn't some humans be on a schedule? I don't, totally. I don't, like, so, I don't know about you. I got to get eight hours. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm an evil, evil <laughs> human when I don't have sleep. My yeah, first and child. Yeah, right. exactly. I my first child my was emotions. on no schedule right. whatsoever. And our lives like blew up and were on mm-hmm. fire. The it's second one, I was like, here we go. We're going to redo this. She yeah. was on a lovely little schedule. I mean, yeah. Every time someone watches him, if my mom helps with him, she's like, wow, he's so good. He doesn't barely cry. I'm like, it's because we know what to expect at every moment of the day. And And so does he. Exactly. And he's not overtired. I think that babies are evil when they're overtired. Oh, it is. 
something so horrible. Of, the, of the enemy. Yeah, for sure. It really is. It's a whole, well, I'm happy for you that you're getting Thanks. sleep. You are like I'm rocking sleeping. it. Love Amen. that. I love that. Amen. So listen, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Like, who are you? What do you do? And we will get into it. They're like, we know she's a mom. We know she's <laughs> a sleep soldier. And yeah, and that she it. loves matching sets. And she loves matching sets. And that's all you need to know, family. Well, one more thing you need to know is I'm from Texas, best state in the world. All right. Yes. We've made some crazy decisions, but we own it, whatever. Um, I'm originally from Texas, but however, I do live in Atlanta, Georgia. So I have to claim it. I've been here for like 12 years, um, but I live here with my husband, my bae, who's also my pastor, who happens to be my pastor. He pastors a church called Story Church. Love that. Um, where I get to be a teaching pastor at. And we have two little kiddos. We're a blended family. We have an eight-year-old strong-willed blessing, my husband's bonus daughter. And then we just had a little boy named Sam Jr. He's so Aww. cute. And so that's all like personal life stuff. But um, professional life, I get to travel and speak and write about brokenness and trauma and pain and healing and all the fun stuff um, that people love to talk about. Yeah. It's so, and so fun. That's it. Yeah. And I have a podcast as well, the Still Coloring Podcast, where we talk about brokenness and pain and trauma, all the fun stuff. Love but it. a little while, so we kind of make it fun. I love it. It is fun. No, it is fun because, and I, I really mean that like your book and your podcast and all the things. Yeah. It's like heavy content, but yeah. it doesn't, it's not like you walk away and you're like, well, now I'm depressed. It's not like that. Well, dang. I know. Yeah. No, we're not going there. We're not going in the valleys and leaving you there. My girls. Exactly. Boys. Coming Tell back it. up, coming back up. I love that. So listen, I feel like you have a wild story, obviously, yeah. like you detail it out in your book, which I'm in the yeah. middle of right now. We don't have time for like every minutia here but like listen i feel like the bulk of your story yeah really kind of begins when you were young and your mom had a stroke yeah absolutely why don't you kind of start there and just kind of like talk to i us can about, do it listen yeah. i have told this story a thousand times i i can make it pop for the people okay that's what I thought. I was like, That's what I, she's got it. She's got it. She can she can bust through the points. I can bust through it. So, I mean, long story short, we were in Texas. We I grew up in a blended family as well. Um, my mom had been in an abusive marriage before my father. And that kind of the weaving of abuse and trauma was in, in my story as well. So eight years old, my mom has a massive stroke. Uh, my dad really suffered. Um, emotionally and took it out on us. He was very verbally abusive growing up. Our family dynamic kind of broke up when my mom got super sick and I kind of became the mama of the house at eight years old. Oh. My counselor would call it parentification where you kind of become the parent. And yeah. what that essentially did was still the awe and wonder and protection from my story. So a lot of people weren't paying attention to me. Um, not like, look at me, I'm a star, but like, no, is everything okay? Is, you know, are you safe? And I wasn't at times that there's sexual abuse and manipulation in my past as a little girl. Uh. Um, and then there's just so much, um, performer's heart, wanting to make my daddy proud, who was always so angry, wanting to take care of my mom to make sure that she, you know, wouldn't die. Honestly, that was like my fear growing up. Mm -hmm. And that led to me losing my childhood, losing that that awe and wonder. Um, and then at 13, I lost my virginity, started mm -hmm. to kind of take all of that pain as a little girl and numb, right? Because that's just sure. what we do. It's like, I want to feel better, okay? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we turn into the wrong thing. So lost my virginity at 13, started drinking and smoking and popping and twerking in the club. It, mm -hmm. I just went real wild real fast, like sneaking out of the house, I was yep. like jumping over fences, stealing the car. Uh, um, but I still had a performer's heart because I still wanted to make my dad proud. So I was kind of living this double life. Yeah. Ended up graduating high school at 16. I was great with academics. Um, left my parents' house at 16. I was wow. like, Bye. yeah. I'm an adult. 
um, and put myself through college. So I went to college. Wow. I know it's wild. I don't know what's wrong with me, but my mom was disabled. So we got free college. I set all that up. Okay. Um, and oh my gosh, there are nights I do not recall in college. A lot oh. of guys, a lot of sleeping around, a lot of partying, but still went to class, like got up and went to class and and I graduated high school or graduated uh, college at 19. I was going to go to law school, but I thought I was in love with this guy. Right. And so in order to make him like me more, I wanted to look skinnier and prettier. I battled with bulimia. Yeah. Um, throwing up my food and trying to be skinny and working out like crazy and still doing drugs. And we ended up getting engaged. And I, instead of going to law school, I go to move from Texas to Georgia with this guy. Um, who ended up being a really toxic person, very verbally abusive. We had doors ripped off the hinges and holes punched in the walls. I mean, all the things. Um, but in the midst of that, I get saved at 21 and I join this church and they're like, come volunteer with the youth. They love you. And I'm like, they love me because I'm crazy and a little bit high all the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but those, the the youth, the students, they, they changed me. You know, they, yeah. they started to refine me. I was kind of growing up with them and mm-hmm. changing my life. But unfortunately, I was married to a really toxic person. Mm-hmm. I ended up at a really toxic church. Uh, spiritual manipulation and abuse happened at that church. My pastor told me once, this is just an example of spiritual abuse. If you are confused, my pastor told me that um, my purpose was connected to him, that if I ever left the church, that God wouldn't like bless me anymore. Yikes. Best and lock arms with him. And the higher he would go, the higher I would go. So that's not healthy, guys. That's no. Not- Surprise. Yes. Um, but ended up having a moment where I was like, this cannot be my life. And I got pregnant and I had this little girl and all of this trauma, and I owed it to her yeah. to change. I ended up leaving the church. I got a divorce and hit rock bottom like three times. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was a single mom for a while. And I just remember that I believed that God just wasn't done with my story. Mm-hmm. That really, even though I was broken in all these different ways and I had caused pain and been through pain, God could really still use me to do great things. Mm-hmm. And so here we freaking go. Broken crayon, still color, created a ministry, started talking about it, preaching all the things, got remarried to like good bay. And yes. yeah, here we are like a whole kid later, like, dang. If yes. God can do it through me, then shoo, what can he do through somebody a little less crazy? Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> crazy is good. Crazy go. is good. We love crazy. All, all the best people are a little crazy. Yeah. So like, what was that like though? Okay. So that's, I mean, hello. I that's a lot of baggage. That's a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot of stuff. And you getting a divorce yeah. while being in the church and like still in ministry and stuff like that. And then you meet your new husband. Yeah. What did you bring? Like, did you feel like <laughs> oh. you were like- I'm no, like I've worked through all my junk before we got remarried. Or did you like bring all your crap right on? Oh, I brought a few loads. Let me just say that. (laughs) How did that Um, go? And it sucked, man. You know, people don't talk about that. Andy Stanley, um, we served at North Point Ministries for a long time under Andy Stanley. And he has a book called The Rules of Love, Sex, and Dating. And he talks about this idea of taking a year off after a breakup, like just from dating to Mm. date again, and two years off if you go through a divorce. Yeah, focus in on yourself. Like, I like to focus that. in on becoming a more whole person. You've your relationships, your social aspect of your life. I mean, I lost friends, I lost community, I lost identity, I lost worth totally. like, in the process of divorce. And so, what does it look like to take some time to 
regain that and to heal that and to be okay with being by yourself for a little while. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. <laughs> Met this man, thought I was cool because the the lie that we believe is that if I leave a toxic situation, it's going to stay right there and I just get to go be a whole new person. And yes. it don't work like that. When you yeah. are in a toxic situation, toxicity attaches to you in mm. so many different ways. And you take that with you and then you put it in a new, beautiful, shiny thing and you leak that same toxicity. And that's what oh. I did. Got into this, this you know, relationship. My uh, boyfriend at the time, Sam, thought I was like the perfect because it's the honeymoon phase anyway. Of so you're course. Best behavior. And woo, some time into dating, he was like, hey, um, you probably need to go to counseling. Glenn, I will pay for it. Like, that's how much. I mean, he loved me. He cared for me. He totally. wanted to be with me. He had picking up my own baggage, the baggage that my daughter carried with her, my sure. baggage for my ex-husband. Like, he had all the things. But he was like, if this is going to work, you need to get some help. Yeah. And it was hard, man, because now I'm caught up in this like spiral of feeling unworthy to be in this relationship, unworthy of him and weak. I have to go be weak and sit this freaking counseling office. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm awesome. I've made it through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's really just selfish, prideful thinking. Mm-hmm. Really what bravery and courage says is, I want to be the best version of myself for this new life that God's given me the opportunity to have yeah. for these people. I don't I don't want to bleed, so to speak, on this new situation. And I did for a while and I went to counseling and it got better, but it was very hard. Our first two years of marriage was dumb. It was like, oh yeah, I don't even actually think we're married. I think you're my caregiver at this point. And I'm having anxiety attacks and I'm going through trauma treatments and I've got insomnia and I can't sleep and I'm going through depression and I've had suicidal ideation and thoughts and you're saving me from taking my own life. I mean, it was dark. Yeah. And then the light came in. Mm. The light came in. And it was hard. It was a hard road, but it was a redemptive road that my husband got to be a part of. Um, And I just learned so much in it. So I learned so much in it. Yeah. And I now get to tell people, like, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. How did the light come in? What do you mean by that? Well, I think what happens is the light for me is hope, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hope is such like an easy, cute, sexy sometimes word, but... Mm -hmm. The truth is hope is almost the only thing that keeps us on this earth when we don't want to be anymore Mm. because hope says it can get better. Like Mm -hmm. I actually do believe that my life, oh my gosh, I have a hopeful sweatshirt on. Perfect. Hello. (laughs) Well, look at that, guys. You can't see me, but I have a hopeful sweatshirt on and I just noticed it because I haven't done laundry. Okay, anyways, hope says that there's more for me Mm -hmm. that if I just wait a little while longer. If I just stay on this journey, it can get better. And so what happened was when I started going to counseling and I understood all these painful parts of my story, I started to be able to heal it. I start because once you can name it, you can heal from it. Mm-hmm. And so in the process of naming it, it was like dark because it's like, man, this really sucks. Like, yeah. you mean to tell me that I wasn't worthy enough for someone not to sexually abuse me, for someone in my family not to touch me inappropriately? Like, yeah. what the freak? Why? Yeah. Why was I not worthy enough? And God, where were you? Yes, where totally. Were you I mean, surprise. And so the dark parts were naming it. 
Yeah. But then when I realized that I had the strength and now the tools and now the help from a licensed professional to heal it, grit came into my heart. I was mm. endurance, resilience. I, I realized how strong I actually was to make it through those things and still have a smile on my face, to mm. make it through those things and still pursue a healthy marriage, to make it through those things and be a more whole parent for my daughter. And I think the light coming in was, oh man, like I'm hopeful again that I can make it through hard things mm-hmm. and come out on the other side way better for it, way better yeah. for it. And I know EMDR was part of your healing as well, right? <laughs> Tell us really quick. So we had, we've had we had two other guests mention it. Just like do like a quick, if someone is like, uh, what are, what are yeah, those? Yeah, no, this is great. At the end of the day, EMDR, trauma treatment, my counselor explained it like this and it was beautiful. And I was like, sign me the freak up. Um, if your life were a bookshelf, and your story is being told from left to right. You're looking at all these stories, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. Trauma enters into your story, and it's almost as if a book slightly gets pulled out of this like bookshelf. And so now there's a riff. There's a riff in your story. There's a riff in how you respond to people. There's a riff in your relationships. What EMDR does is it doesn't pull the book out. It pushes it back in. Mm. It pushes the riff back in. It reconciles those parts of your story so that you can live and tell your story and live your story without the riffs. Yeah. So yeah, that's what it is essentially. That's amazing. Because it's like, it doesn't make you forget. It's not like it's like some voodoo thing where it's like, and now you will never remember this horrible thing again. It just, (laughs) it like appropriately files it appropriately files it. That's just a great way. There it is. Love that. There it is. Love that. And I just, I love what you were talking about. Like when you first got into counseling, I think it's very interesting because, um, I'm such a fan of therapy and counseling, but it's funny because even though I've been in, in and out of counseling for years, you know, different seasons, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. yeah. There are times where you could get caught up in thinking like, this is really selfish for me to go (laughs) because it takes time for me to go. It takes money for me to go. And -hmm. like, you know, sometimes Christians get this like little vibe going where it's like, you shouldn't be focusing that much on yourself. We should just be oh. more outward focused. Like don't yeah. focus so much on yourself because that's, that's really like selfish. It's like all you're doing is thinking about like your thoughts and feelings and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But it's really selfless to go to counseling because I oh, love yeah. what you said about when you're in a toxic situation, it like attaches onto you and then it leaches out of you everywhere else. Yeah. That is so true. Like if you've been through yeah. trauma or oh yeah, like I think uh, another thing is I don't want people to hear this and think, well, I haven't been through anything too crazy. Trust <laughs> me. If you've lived on earth, you have things, you, yeah. you have things, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's selfless to go and work on your stuff so that you're not being a jerk to everyone around you and making them deal with all your stuff. That's it. That's it. It's, it is extremely selfless. Mm -hmm. Anyone that's been in counseling knows how difficult it is. You're not going to a freaking spa. Okay. You're not just going to lay down on a couch and live your best and most glorious life. This takes grit. It takes courage. It takes bravery to sit up there and actually like sit in the pain that that's been caused to you or that you've caused. Yeah. And then the other thing that I would say too, is like, you said, you know, some people are like, well, I don't really have a testimony. I don't have a story. I don't have a trial. I don't have a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, trauma has been a word that's kind of been thrown around. It's just like, you know, this haphazard thing or whatever. But Mm -hmm. trauma really is 
when you're in pain physically, emotionally, socially, and you and there's no way out or you don't see a way out. Yeah. That is a traumatic situation. Okay. The mm-hmm. freaking Burger King ball pit could be a traumatic situation. Yeah. Like ball pit. I don't know if you remember those, but I'm like, I'm stuck with a snake in here. It's over. My mom's not coming. Like, oh, yeah. And depending on how resilient and flexible your like neurons are and your neural network is, that could cause like a real trauma in your life. Yeah. You know, totally. And so I think we have to be kind to ourselves and be honest that sometimes we've been through really scary things. And the truth is, it's not that we haven't been through something traumatic. It's just that we've compared our stories to yes. everyone else's. We've fallen into the comparison trap. And now we're walking around unhealthy because we are prideful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, totally. Oh, it's not, mine's not that bad. Like, oh, it's, I didn't go through that. Totally. Totally. Like, like, I don't mm-hmm. want to sound like a wimp. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm stronger than that. I mean, all the things that we tell yes. when it's like, yeah, but you have some things that come up and you're at work and you're talking to a coworker and they say something and it triggers you and you're like, yeah. mm, wow, I got really mad at that. And you have no idea what it is. And you probably need to go sit with somebody to identify it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's it like for you being so public with your mm. story? Because, you know, like you've yeah. written a book about it, you have a podcast, like, and you're very open about everything. Yeah. but like there there's people that are still alive yeah. <laughs> like in from your story you get what i'm saying yeah. like yeah. what has that been like for you yeah i think it's like it's twofold i think it's been really great because it's true i i think if i was sitting up here being open about my story and it was lies like, like it were it was just me fabricating things sure. or exaggerating things i think the people in my life would be like this is nuts like you need to be sued yeah i think the reason why it's been easy, so to speak, in that way is because mm-hmm. it's just truth. And and yeah. I also think that there's a posture that I have that's very different than just like airing out dirty laundry. Yes. I think when we are not healed from the things that broke us and the people that hurt us, we come off really bitter. Mm-hmm. And I've been there. There are some things in my life that I have not shared and talked about publicly because I'm they're not healed yet. And by yeah. healed, I don't mean like wipe my hands, it's all done. Yes. I mean, I'm in a hopeful place about it. Mm-hmm. I mean that I've gone through enough counseling. I've sat with enough people. I've had enough community come around me. I've put enough guardrails and boundaries in place to where I can speak about it in a really hope-filled manner. When I talk about my dad and how you know verbally abusive he was and how he was never proud and he was never around, what I follow it up with is when I was 24 years old, I sat with my dad and I'm going through this divorce and he's talking to me yelling, screaming, cursing, all the things. I told you not to marry that, you know, da 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 like... I sit down with him and I'm like, dad, I want you to know that the reason why I chose a man that felt like he could curse me out is because you did growing up. Mm. I, and I want better for me. And then I want better for my daughter, Dylan. And so if you're going to be a part of our lives, like you have to stop talking to me that way mm-hmm. because I'm going to perpetuate that behavior because I'm going to subconsciously and maybe consciously think that it's okay. And I'm going to talk to my daughter that way. Mm-hmm. What if my daughter sees you talking to me that way? Then she's going to think that a man can talk to her that way. Yeah. And so if you can change, it'd be great. If not, I need to put some boundaries up around our relationship and around your involvement with your granddaughter. And mm. my dad changed. That's Ugh. not everyone's story. Yeah. But I can't remember the last time my dad's ever raised his voice at me. Right. When I was 25, my dad prayed for me for the first time and said he loved me. And honestly, sometimes I'm like, who is this man? Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know who you got switched out with, brother, but you are different. Yeah. And that's redemption. Totally. But perfect things, fake, 
perfect things don't need redemption. Mm-hmm. It's when you bring all the pain to light, when you tell those really hard stories, when you're honest with those people, that redemption happens. And for me, it's worth telling the story. It's mm-hmm. worth me getting up on stages, on podcasts, on social media, being like, look at what happened, because it's worth you and everybody else, followers, whoever, seeing redemption. It's worth it. <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. What was it like bringing um, your daughter into a new marriage? Like, what was oh that gosh. like? How'd that go? Yeah, it was like Teletubbies at first, right? Like Care Bears, awesome. It was like, yes. mm-hmm. Um, I think when my daughter was four, um, she calls my husband, my now husband, Mr. Sam. And she calls him dad sometimes, you know, whatever. But at first she called him Mr. Sam. We wanted to honor her dad in that. Yeah. Totally. And um, she came to me one day, I'm putting her to bed and she's like, I'm going to marry Mr. Sam. And I was like, <laughs> okay. You're like, need no, I am. Explain to you yeah. what's happening. Yeah. First of all, this is my man. You know, like. <laughs> that God. Um, it was hard for her to comprehend and understand it. But what was beautiful about it is she loved him. She yeah. adored him. Totally. And so it was really beautiful at first. And equally, it was hard because she had a dad that was still in her life. Yes. It wasn't like this severing. It's over. No, we yep. really wanted to give an opportunity to fill her bucket with her dad. Like mm-hmm. we all have buckets as parents, as our family counselor says. Um, and I could never fill her dad bucket. And totally. my husband, Sam, can't either. Mm-hmm. He can fill his bucket, the bonus dad bucket, but he can't fill her dad's bucket. And so our primary objective at all times was to allow her dad to have his place and in the fullness of it. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. He was really angry at first and there was fighting and bickering and there was mediation meetings and it just sucked for a long time. And then, you know, we we got to this mediation meeting and we were just like, if we all cannot get along, then this is going to suck for our daughter. Yes. We need to figure this out. And I think after that meeting, we all started to pursue healing in our own lives, in our own separate marriages. He's remarried and it's better for our daughter. So much better. So Mm -hmm. much better. She can sense it. She can feel it. There's unity there. Um, There's a united front. There's hope that's Mm -hmm. there now. Um, And so it's, it's beautiful, but it's a freaking journey. They, people don't talk about the blended family life. It's real. Oh, sure. And I'm sure yeah. it changes like every, like you're never going to like arrive at like, and right. now it's perfect because it's like, if then when she becomes a teenager, when she starts driving, then that'll be like yeah, a new thing. She's like, I want to live with my dad full time. I want to live with my mom full time. Like I want to, like, it's just dynamics, you know? She's totally. just had two siblings in one year. That was a whole nother thing. So we oh. had a baby, her dad had a baby and it was like, yep. Wow, that that's a lot quickly, you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, but we we read resources. Um, I'm reading a book right now called In Their Shoes, and it's mm. all about um, the the kids that are a product of divorce, and it's like how do they really feel? Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be the nomad of the family to pack mm-hmm. up a bag mm-hmm. and leave every week, every weekend, every whatever? Sure, that's hard. That's hard yeah. on a kid. And so we're doing our best to be equipped to be on the offense, not the defense. I mean, that's what our whole life is about. That's what healing mm-hmm. is about. It's like, we want to be on the offense, not the defense. How do we do that? We totally. become aware and curious. We do our work. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And as a side note, I am totally on the train of gender neutral names for girls. I love it. Tony, Dylan. I mean, exactly. I'm like, 
Totally. Let's do it. Let's keep it moving here, you know? Yes. So my daughters are Jace and Emerson. And it's like, if I call, like last night I was on the phone with the doctor. I, I, I know, but it's like, I'm on the phone with the doctor and they're always like, is that a boy? I'm like, no, it's a girl. Oh, they always assume it's a boy. It, they don't yes. even know. They're just like, yes, he is doing great. I'm like, well, <laughs> I hope that you're looking at the right chart. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I hope it's marked correctly. Yeah. This considering you're the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, just yeah. love that. Love that. So listen, Broken Crayon Still Color. This is an organization yeah. that you run. Before you tell us what it is, would you just tell yeah. that story of the oh, crayons? Dylan. Just Man, long story this. short, I was single mom in it, um, processing through the divorce and all the things. And I had Dylan in this like little Mother's Morning Out program. And I pick her up one day from school. And usually she like runs to me at the door. She's like, mommy, my it's like Pokemon. She's like powering totally. Up. And um, I get to the door and there's no Dylan. And the teacher was like, she's fine. It's all good. She's been coloring all day. We have a, this new art corner. She's just, oh my gosh, she just loves it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I have the next Picasso on my hands. Exactly. You know, like she's I've got to capitalize on this. Oh yeah. Like let's make this pop, you know? So mm-hmm. I go to Target and I get all this like Love. Art craft stuff, bring it back home, put it all down in the living room. And I give her like the 64 box of crayons. I'm so excited to have the sharp in the back. I'm like, do your yes. thing. Girl. I leave to go cook in the kitchen, in the other room. And I come back and she has robbed these colors of their dignity. <sighs> like these little crayons are naked. Yeah. She's taking all their little clothes off. They're broken, all the things. And she's still coloring. Like she's still just living her best and most glorious life, sitting on her stomach, coloring a little Elsa coloring book. And I put her to bed. And that night I was scrolling on Instagram because I had to write this message because unfortunately I was still like preaching and stuff as I was going through divorce. And then mm-hmm. I had stopped abruptly. And I had to write this message and I'm like, Lord, just, you gonna have to do it. You gonna have to give me a message because I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm scrolling through Instagram, working on a message. And I <laughs> roll past this little like gray graphic and it says broken crayons still color. And it was just like this God wink, you know, like this mm-hmm. moment of like, there's no coincidence of me getting my daughter all this and her breaking them all and still coloring and There's Mm -hmm. no coincidence that I'm like feeling so unworthy and so ill-equipped to be on the stage. And God's just like, I still want to use you to -hmm. create really beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Like even with your brokenness, as a matter of fact, like I do my best work there. Mm -hmm. Like I do my best work in the redemption. I do my best work in the valleys. Mm -hmm. And it was just beautiful. I remember screenshotting it and taking it with me everywhere. I put it as my screensaver. It was so ugly. Oh my gosh. It was like blurry and stuff. Um, And then fast forward, you know, I started talking about it. Like Mm -hmm. I just started talking about broken crayons, still color. I did this message at this school. And at that school, this lady comes up to me and she's like, I have a women's ministry and I want you to come talk about broken crayons at my women's ministry. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And I mean, stage after stage, after stage, after stage, I create this women's organization that's doing the thing that I needed, which was, somebody, a guide to help me heal. Mm-hmm. Like somebody to say, okay, this is the type of counselor that you should look for. These are the questions that you should ask. Um, if you don't like your first counselor, like it's okay, dump them. It's like, yes. you marry. like, it's fine. Like, it's all good. Like I needed somebody to help me figure out like what my friendship circles should look like, what people mm-hmm. should um, be how they should be and how they should treat me. And I needed that. And so I created that. We created a course to help women, do that's called the hopeful woman course. And we have that and we have devotionals that are 
Jesus-centered, but they're like really hard topics. So we have one called Overcomer. It's all around anxiety and abuse. We have mm. a new one coming out called Closer, and it's all about depression. Like, and what does it look like? What does Jesus say about it? And so that's what Broken Crown Still Color is. And that's what we're going to continue to be. It's just a place where we resource women on their healing journey. Amazing. You know? And then your book came out of that. Yes. So my book came out of that. So, you know, somebody reached out and was like, you are preaching a story. You are going through a course. I mean, we've taken two groups of women through a six month process, literally Mm. meeting every single month. I mean, it's very hard. Um, And they were like, you should probably write this down. Like this should all be in a book. And I was like, no, I don't want to do a book. (laughs) I don't want to do a book and I'm never going to do a podcast. So you guys back off. Okay. For some reason, I've always felt like those things were like towers of ministry. And I mm. wanted to be conscious. I want to be on the Zoom calls. I want to be sitting knee to knee with a woman telling her that this divorce is not going to break her, that mm-hmm. she's going to be able to bounce back. And and I don't know, man, like I started praying about it and I was like, well, how selfish of me for me to be the start and finish of hope. Like, I want to provide all these resources to people without me having to be in the room. I'm mm-hmm. not that great. So just be like, no, you got to meet with me. You got to do a Zoom. Yeah. So that's what the book is. And that's what the podcast is. It's all about taking all that I know, all that I've been through, all that we've taken women through and putting it in a resource that's more acceptable. Mm-hmm. And it's called Brave Enough to be Broken. It's not a sexy title, but it's like, let's do the hard thing. Like the mm-hmm. subtitle is about embracing pain. Mm-hmm. So... Totally. But people are like, wow, this is helpful. <laughs> totally. And you know what I actually like really love about it, as shallow as this sounds, is that that's such a heavy title, Brave Enough to be Broken, but it's, it's like a pretty. colorful, it's pretty. No. Yeah, yeah. Cause it, it's, but that's getting a message across, right? Yeah, like, the blow here, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, there's still like, because the point, like you said, is to get to that hopefulness, right? Mm-hmm. And the cover is very hopeful looking. There so you go. Very smart. Bada boom, bada bang. I mean, it's funny because when they, sent like the first designs. It was all like jewelry. And I was like, uh-uh. Like, like no. rain clouds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm hold like, on, you know, hold let's on. have some fun with this because at the end of the day, we have to have something to look forward to. Yes. Like, we have to have something to look forward to on this gruesome, painful, not linear healing journey. Yes. And that's what it represents. So yeah. I love that. It. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. I mean, th- there's so much to, and now you're a pastor's wife. And you're on the teaching team at a church. I mean, yeah. like, can you believe it? It is just weird, man. The whole thing. I mean, from the top to the bottom, I still am just like, who am I? Like, yeah. and I'm so weird at church too. I know our church members are probably like, this is the worst pastor's wife ever. But I'm just <sighs> like, I, ju- I, I just want to be made small. Like, mm. I, that's that's what I'm... My Achilles heel, the thing that I battle with the most is wanting to be seen mm. and wanting to be special and important because I didn't have that, you know, sure. as a little girl. And so I have to fight that. And so I'm like sitting in the back of the auditorium. I'm sitting next to people. All of a sudden, like I get on stage, and I'm preaching. They're like, this woman was sitting next to me the whole time, blowing her nose, belting out these worship songs. Who the freak is that? And oh my God, this is the pastor's wife. Like I can't even yeah. believe it. And they're like, can you pray with me? And I'm like, no, like someone else can. Anybody on the prayer team is more than capable. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I drove all the way from here to come and see you at the church. And it's like, you shouldn't have, you should have came here from God. So I'm just yeah. like the opposite of probably all the other pastor's wives. 
I love great. that. I love the anti-pastor's yeah. wife. I was a pastor's wife for a while yeah. and my okay. husband's now in nonprofit, but no, I get it. I'm always like, yeah. I'm the worst pastor's wife. Like, I don't, I'm oh not like. And, but then, you know, a part of me is just like, well, maybe I'm like the new blueprint. Maybe this totally. Kind of maybe we should be like not making so much of ourselves. Yes. I don't know. I've been there, done that. And I've totally. seen pastors that have done that. And it don't end well. I think we've all seen pastors that have done that. And it just yes. isn't cute at all. No. And so maybe this, maybe we are great pastors. <laughs> maybe yeah, this exactly. Is the way. I don't know. I, I love it. I love yeah. it. It's so good. I love it. I love it. So good. So good. So listen, what I'm going to end on the stupid question that we always end on that I might stop asking soon because it's like, whatever, it's a whole thing. But anyway, what is your favorite snack right now? I know you're a foodie. Oh, that's okay. So I don't know if you've heard of the brand Daily Harvest. Yes. First of all, I ended the new year and I said, I need to stop having cookies every night. I want to be on, like I have, there was a season, maybe about four weeks, a strong month, four weeks sounds better, where I had cookies every single night. I love And I had to stop. Yeah. I just, my body was like, you're not made for this, sweet Mm. girl. Okay. And so I said, what can I eat that's healthy and yummy still? And so now I'm doing these little smoothies. They're super good. Oh. Daily Harvest. And it's a little subscription. They send them every other week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's frozen stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. I got a really cute blender to make myself feel very good about having smoothies. But it's like my thing. I have multiple in the day. I'm like, oh, I don't I need to eat ever again real food. I mean, that's a lie, but you know. It's like fruit and lovely things. Delicious. Like, and it's all fresh, organic, and I put my little oat milk in it. I mean, oh, that's nice. I know. That's I my love that. right now, though. Mm, I, I love that. Right now. I just had one an hour ago. Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> it when my kids are like asking for a smoothie because I feel like oh, I can gosh. pack so many nutrients like, into a thing. Spinach and stuff. 100%. I know. Absolutely. Like, I'm like, uh, yes. You're like, mom, this is delicious. I'm like, yeah, let's go for round two. Let's do it. Absolutely. Because then, like, honestly, this is probably bad. But if my kids have a smoothie, like, in the morning, then I feel like the rest of the day is just gravy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Girl, go Exactly. Work. I'm like, it's yeah. fine. She ate, like, a Pour full those sprinkles in your mouth. Spinach. Pour those sprinkles in your mouth. You had your serving size. Exactly. Okay? I'm just like, I feel good. She had a smoothie that was a complete meal. There was protein, fat, all yeah. the things. All the things. You got veggies. We're I good. We that. can lock it up. We can lock it. I love it. <gasps> love it. That's the best. Oh With my god. Parenting. Let us know, guys, if you need any other parenting tips. Yeah, exactly. Follow us for all the tips because we <laughs> clearly know what's up. Because, you know, obviously it's working because I have a kid with a fever up on my couch right now. So it's like, obviously, yeah, I've so cornered so the market healthy. on how to keep your kids healthy. It's all clearly. good. Yeah, I'm like sleep soldier. Meanwhile, like literally my kid is screaming upstairs. It's oh great. Oh my gosh. So fantastic. Everything's going really good, y'all. Yeah. We, we <laughs> 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 We're perfect. We have it all covered, feel great about it. And I want you to know that three minutes ago, my daughter came on her belly and crawled and got a snack. And it probably was Nutella. I did I mean, not. I love that. You didn't even flinch. Ago, I was so nervous. I was like, like. <laughs> you okay, didn't even, I, didn't, I couldn't see it in your eyes at all. I think yeah, that's amazing. Stay upstairs is not like clear enough. No, it's not. Oh my gosh. I, I do my recordings in the downstairs office in our house. There's a window right to my you right. 
And oh, good. Oh, look yeah. at that. There's yeah. a window right to my right, and right outside of the window is my kids' like swing. Oh, we have like a swing. There was one oh. time my husband like forgot I was doing an interview. He like <laughs> takes them out, and they're like, like swinging, kicking into the window, and so. And I'm like, look, I'm like. <laughs> Hello. And all of a sudden my like, husband like locks eyes and he was like, oh my gosh, she's recording. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't know. My daughter though, I'm very proud, honestly. Because if you didn't she hear- She did good. I, mean, she was I didn't like, hear anything. I mean, she was literally on her belt. I wish I would have just like grabbed my phone and taken a I, quick picture. Legit. She was like, <laughs> like on her oh belly. Oh my she gosh. She stands up in the pantry, I guess grab whatever she wants to grab, then goes back down. Well, hey, look, it's she's trained like, no well. No one can see you, babe. No one can yeah. see you. That's the <laughs> other like thing. I'm like, you, so that's hard. Hey, they're well-trained. I love that. I know. It's crazy out here, man. I'm about to pump right now. Look, literally, look. Uh, 10 o'clock. Love, what is that, the LV or the Willow? The LV. I don't I've know what the Willow things. is. This is the LV. Um, good. But I mean, I like it. I just put them in there. That's but good. Truly, I think I'm done, man. I know. I, you be, It's hard. You're seven months. That's a long slog that you've done. You think? I, oh, I, I yeah. I feel some shame about it. I know. I went a year with my daughter, and I'm like, I really want to make it. And I thought I was close to a year, but mm-hmm. I was not. For some reason, I thought a year was 10 months. I, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just went. That's okay. Listen, the so breastfeeding thing. I only have three months left. I only yeah. have three months left. I don't know what it, oh, I was planning my schedule out for the year. And I was like, no way. Um, Five months. <laughs> oh, and that's not, no. Listen, though, there's so much shame with it because it's like, you set these arbitrary goals. Like, oh, well, I did a year with the Why first one, so I should do a year. Me. No one said you had to, no you know what I mean? That. Like, I, I, I tend to tell people, and look, I'm not, <laughs> I'm no like lactation consultant. I don't know what the flip <laughs> I'm talking about. But I always say like, isn't it just that they say like the first three months are the most crucial? So like if you could give them breast milk for the first three months, They're that fun. would be great. And yeah, look, if you don't, don't get shots or whatever, exactly. Like, like once they get the shots and blah, but even well, still, like, yeah, so you're fine. He's already eating food and stuff. Oh yeah. So and drinking water. Do you know you can give them water now? Oh, I don't Our think I did know that. Like, you know, give them some water. If you're feeding them, give them some water. I was like, what does it help Either constipation drown? or something? Yeah, right. It has to help with constipation. But I, mean, I swear with my eight-year-old, they said not until 12 months. I thought so too. That's amazing. The rules change all the time, which I, you got to love that. Yeah, I mean, what is happening? Girl. I knew, I, 10, 15, I know. I know my family. They just yep. kind of start getting like. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Happening. One screaming. I think he really stopped though, which I, would be a blessing. Oh my goodness. And my daughter, she's like. Uh, Are you still on your call? No, they can sense it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm just down here talking to myself. It's good. My own self. Uh, Also, put the gloss on and left it on overnight. My lips are swollen. I mean, I just, everything's fine. uh, Trust me. I'm a mess. I haven't showered. It's fine. Look, I'm smelling the parts because I'm actually not sure if I I washed it. I know. Well, don't you feel like sometimes, though, even when you do wash the pump parts, there's like a smell you can't fully get oh, off, which okay, so really grosses me out. This one you should really, I don't know what kind of pump you're going to use, but the LV is hard to clean. Oh, Very hard. I the don't like that. The parts are easy. This little, yeah, I, I don't mean, like I'm that. I'm like scraping with my nail old milk and I'm just like, well, it's old now. No, I, mean, I don't, no, I don't it's love that. Very hard. Yeah, I would say go look at it. Oh, Target okay. has them out. And so you, you can, can 
I think figure, so. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Okay. I love that. I'm going to go pump. Thank you. You do your thing. People need to know this is real life out here, y'all. It, it, it's so true, though, because I do think that sometimes people turn on a podcast and they picture, like, these people are probably, like, in hair and makeup, like, doing, you like, a whole— right You know now? what I mean? I'm and in I'm a like, beanie because I don't want to do my hair. Absolutely. I have my pajama pants on. I have a pajama set on right now. It's yes. all in onesie, and I put a sweatshirt over it. I love that. And I have my Uggs on. Those—okay, uh, my sister just got those for her birthday. They were very hard to find. Listen to me. I ordered these in 2022, three months ago. Forgot I ever ordered them because they were so on backboard order. Yes, you're like, I'm never going to get myself these. with a gift last week. I'm That's like, so nice. They're, the, they're so you. cute. They're so oh, cute. You have the, are yours the platform? Yes. yes. I love the platform. And I love that. The inside. So nice. Obviously, they're Uggs. I mean, I don't know. I'm excited. Love them. Okay. Thank you so much. Seriously, this was awesome. No problem. I'm going to take these uh, nine minutes before my kid has to get up. and Exactly. I don't even know. Do I something wild. Quiet time. Exactly. I may just stare at myself. Exactly. Put your head down, well, whatever pump. you want to do. Pump. I yeah. do have to pump. So. I know, right? There's no actual free time. This, <sighs> this exactly. is actually why I need to stop. I, I feel that you should stop. You've done it so... Seven months is long. I think it's long. Thank you. Thank you for your support. I maybe needed this today. You know what? Because I really do feel like once they start eating food, that's where the bulk of their whatever nutrients are coming from. He is eating. So it's like they eat food. Yeah. Both of my kids at six months, when they started (laughs) eating food, they ate a lot of food. Like they really, and so I was like the bulk of their calories. And a kid's baby food. Yes. It's like oatmeal. Like those are great filling, nutritious things. Exactly. (laughs) I don't have to do it. Woo, okay. Here I go. You got this. It's been real. I believe in you. It's been Keep so real. Keep Caitlin. All right. Love it. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions.